welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hello and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and boy, do we have a show for you today. We're going to be talking about the films Justice League, Daddy's Home 2, Coco, The Star, and Wonder. Hope everybody is just getting out, out of their turkey coma. I know I am. And I'm right now going to be talking about to Benjamin about the highly anticipated Justice League. And Benjamin, I understand that you are chomping at the bit to talk about this film. So let's first of all... Uh, start out by asking, have you seen the other DC films such as Man of Steel, Batman v Superman? I have seen a majority of them. I think I've seen all of them except the 2016 film Suicide Squad. Which that one you could probably have skipped. So that's good. <laughs> so what? Um, so how excited were you to see this film? I was not as much a fan of Batman v Superman. I was in the majority where I thought it was convoluted and all over the place. And at first, I was kind of worried that this film would suffer the same fate. But as the marketing built up, I became more and more excited to see all these heroes team up. And yeah, I was I was pretty excited when I was going to see it. So. And, well... Give it to me straight, Benjamin. What did you think about this film as a whole? It's a mixed bag. It's got some excellent performances from the actors because this is their like their some for some of them it's their first time playing these characters and they have a lot of energy and play off of each other sort of well. But at the same time, it suffers sort of the same problems that Batman v Superman did. The story is all over the place. And it feels like it rushes through a lot of sort of the assembling the team things. Mm-hmm. And it's you don't know the characters that well since you haven't gotten really to know them as these films have started. And it's just, at, it's rewarding, but at the same time disappointing. It is incredibly disappointing. It's, it's sad that, they, that DC has rushed this franchise not being able to introduce the characters as much as the Marvel Cinematic Universe has. And this film has gone through a lot. It's gone through two directors now. Zach, Joss Whedon took over in, into the production, started directing and pickups and really got involved. And So, yeah, this film went through a lot, but what did you find that was enjoyable about the film? Ezra Miller as The Flash. Mm. He was the real bright spot of this movie. Lots of people are criticizing The Flash because they've seen the TV show and they're like, oh my, this he's going to ruin it all. But he's different than that portrayal on the television series and he's got this quirky humor. And I, when I came out of this movie, I was so excited to see more from this character rather than any of the other characters, except Wonder Woman because she's a freaking awesome. Well... Gal Gadot is fantastic as always, and it's great to see that she's still kicking a lot of butt in this film. So, besides your love for Ezra Miller, what did you think was the most redeeming quality of this film that some people can overlook? I'd say the strength of the ensemble in majority. I thought Aquaman and Cyborg also did a good job for their first Mm -hmm. outing in this universe. Um, the action scenes are very well done, and they get you pumped up. I, I will say the climax was very interesting to watch, as you see these heroes sort of help each other in their combat. And there are some bright spots, but more in the creative side of things are where the issues lie. Can you elaborate on those creative issues that you spoke about? You can definitely tell that they shifted directors because there are some scenes that look like, oh, it was done by the first director, second director. And there's sort of a shift in visions in some scenes. Well, one problem, when I mean the creative side as well, the screenplay, is just, DC seems to be doing this thing where in order for us in the like the rising action of the movie, they need to show all the heroes doing cool stuff, which I feel 
adds less to the film. And that takes up, I'd say, 45 minutes of the movie, just trying to, like, go through all these heroes and have this a couple cool moments along the way. So it's just all over the place, and there's a lot of different, like, topics. Not topics, but just the villain's boring. He doesn't have a lot of development. He's just mm-hmm. sort of there. There's this things called mother boxes that don't quite get explained it's just very complicated and confusing and when you go to see a superhero movie i feel like this has been proven with marvel's craft you want the story to have substance but be pretty simple and that is not what happened here it's a it's a it's a darn shame that this film had to go through that much trouble and for the end product to be less than exciting but, you know, sometimes there's just movies go through that process. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. And today we're going to continue the show talking about Daddy's Home 2, Coco, The Star, and Wonder. We're going to continue our conversation with the wonderful Benjamin from Washington, D.C., who is 12 years old. Now, Benjamin, tell us a little bit more about the chemistry because we do, while this film did have a lackluster screenplay. What did you think about the actors themselves? Because, of course, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller is in it, and, of course, Jason Momoa, and so many other great actors, of course, Ben Affleck. So tell us about what you thought about the chemistry between those actors. The exciting thing about this movie is you see a lot of relationships between these characters blooming, as if you could see this in a future DC film, sort of blossom into something bigger my mm-hmm. favorite scene of the film probably is one that takes place between the flash and cyborg where they're sort of reminiscing about you know how they got here and their powers and it's really funny because oh wait that's never mind they're doing it but doing something else at the same time but that's a spoiler so yeah, all no spoilers. Uh, stay away from that but just seeing the Flash, like this hyper sort of attitude, and then the cyborg who's like this stone, not, uh, he's just very sort of away from society after his whole accident, and he not having as much energy and being much more, you know, introverted, I'd say, like to himself, was fun to see them play off of each other. Well, that's always good to hear that there's some entertainment with the chemistry of the characters. Now, uh, what would you say is your favorite, like, action scene? I'd have to say there's this one scene where they're, they go down to Gotham Harbor, and it's the first time you sort of see them face off with this villain. And there's a lot going on, but it's really fun seeing all, and these characters get some really good moments together. There's a cool scene with... There's a lot of... F- moments that will make fans excited mm-hmm. and it just it made me laugh it it was exhilarating at the same time especially on like this big screen and there's just a lot of cool moments in this gotham harbor scene that i wouldn't have imagined had um happened but they really work you mentioned that this movie does appeal to a lot of the fans now for people who have not seen are not really accustomed to the DC universe, how would a regular moviegoer enjoy this film? I wouldn't say go see it. There's Mm -hmm. sort of a lot you need to know. And the unfortunate thing about this film, to sort of understand it better, you have to see Batman v Superman, which is arguably much more disappointing, this movie. There's a lot of links to that film, as well as uh, Wonder Woman, and it relies on you understanding and seeing all these other films. So if you're a regular moviegoer, I mean, just going to see this film, I just I don't think it'll be as accessible for you as it would be for a DC Comics fan. Now, they might still enjoy it, but it's pretty unlikely. Well, it's harder because you don't get the references and some of the more in-depth commentary with the, with the film that, without seeing the other films. Now, how many stars would you give this film, and what do you say is the age recommendation? I'm going to give it three and a half, because it's fun, it has its issues, but lots of superhero films do, and it's really cool to see on the big screen and to see all these heroes come together, and it hasn't really happened before, so yeah, I recommend it, 
but with some reservations that you it might you should go in with lower expectations because I if I had enough I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much but the fact that I thought it wouldn't be as good actually may have helped for me having a good time. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the age recommendation? I'm gonna give this 13 to 18 because these films are, have always been a little darker and there is some language and some scenes of characters in peril. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about Justice League. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me today. With that said, let's take a break. In our next segment, Benjamin is going to be hosting the radio show for the first time. So, break a leg, Benjamin. Um, This show is sponsored by the double feature, The Snowman and The Snowman and The Snow Dog. Be sure to go check them out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Kiefer Blakesley. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Ben P, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Justice League, and now we'll be talking about that film again with Arjun, age 15, from Nashville, Tennessee. So, Arjun, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty fine, thank you. Were you a fan of DC Comics like Justice League before viewing this film? I am a huge fan of DC. I watched the cartoons when I was a kid, so I was, um, you know, there's a lot of hype and build up for this movie for me, but I was really disappointed by Batman vs. Superman. And while I did like Suicide Squad the first time I watched it, the su- when I watched it later, I realized that it was a mess. So I was worried that this movie had fallen the same fate as those movies. And it does, while at the same time, it is way better than those movies, I'm happy to report, but it is also a narrative mess at the same time. I have to agree with you on BVS and this film. Can you tell us what this film is about? So this movie is, it's like, it's like basically it's set after the events of BVS. So Superman sacrificed himself and people are coming to terms that, you know, Superman is dead. Who's going to save us now? And, you know, there's a new, there's a new foe. His name is Steppenwolf, but... And Bruce Wayne, who's the Batman, he tries to go and fight him, but he realizes that he can't do this alone, so he tries to set up a team with Wonder Woman, Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman. And while at first they kind of come, like, they're just they're under disagreement and all that, they learn to kind of be a better team and all that stuff. And then they learn to, obviously, you know, have a good team dynamic and fight um, Steppenwolf. Who is your favorite character in this film, and why? My favorite character in this movie is Ezra Miller's character, The Flash. I think this is a new, fresh take on Flash, and I was worried that, you know, I'm a really big fan of The Flash TV show with Grant Gustin, and, you know, Grant Gustin, I think he's really solidified the role as The Flash, and I was worried that Ezra Miller, you know, he was going to be kind of lame as The Flash, but I think he added a new nerdy vibe to the character, like, with the whole quippy quips and all that sort of stuff and he was also really inexperienced in the crime fighting business which also like made him really relatable as he like failed and then he learns to succeed and i thought that was just a really good element of his character 
I have to agree with you on that. His performance reminded me a lot of the Spider-Man character from this summer's Spider-Man Homecoming because he's much more nerdy in his portrayal and um, sort of revitalizes the character. Were you excited to see this film going in? Oh, yeah, I was definitely excited. Like I mentioned before, you know, I'm a huge DC and Justice League fan. But at the same time, I kept my expectations lower due to how disappointing BBS was and Suicide Squad was. But also, I had a lot of hope for this movie since the, the DC Extended Universe has had two home runs, in my opinion, with Man of Steel, which I know some people didn't like, but I think that's an amazing film. And, of course, the well-loved Wonder Woman, which I really thought was amazing. What are your general thoughts on this film, and how did this film meet your expectations? So, I think this movie met my expectations, but at the same time, it didn't. So, one thing I was going into this movie looking forward to, okay, does this movie have a good team dynamic? Because if the movie didn't have a good team dynamic, I would automatically be like, okay, I was straight up disappointed by this film. But no, the movie's team dynamic was amazing. All of the characters had, like, great banner with each other, with Flash and Cyborg, Batman and Wonder Woman and then Aquaman was like there with and he joked around a lot but he was also you know pretty he kicked a bunch of butt and it was really it was really cool to watch all of these team members like team up together and they like I mentioned they have this like chemistry and and when they fight it just looks amazing to watch so they nailed the team dynamic I was definitely like it met my expectations with the team dynamic, but with the plot, of course, it suffers from the same convoluted mess that a lot of these DC extended universe movies have been, except for Wonder Woman and Man of Steel to some extent. Um, with it's just, I think that non-comic book readers are like no one who know, like people who don't know anything about the Justice League, they're gonna end up being confused by a lot of the things in this movie. They go to many places like Themyscira and Atlantis, especially Atlantis. I didn't like how they introduced Atlantis. Like they didn't even, they just didn't even mention it. They're like, oh, this, this is Atlantis. You know, here's here's where they lie, but. You know, I think they could have used a little bit more explaining with the places they went and also the characters like Steppenwolf's backstory. While it was really interesting to watch, it was really rushed over. And you could tell that the mandate that Warner Brothers put at the whole movie being two hours, it kind of really affected the movie story overall. I may be in the minority here, but I do not like the special effects in this film. So I'm curious, what did you think of them? I didn't think the special effects were too bad. In some points, you could tell, okay, that that's just an overuse of CGI. Like, come on. But in some, in a lot of places, it looked beautiful. Like, flashes, lightning, you know, Steppenwolf. And some, in some parts, when there's a lot of close-ups on him, I'm like, okay, overuse of CGI. You know, you could have toned it down here. But I think the special effects, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, gearing more towards the positive side. But then there are these really just awful cgi moments that bring you out of the moment but for the most part i didn't think the cgi was a huge issue but in some parts you know i i could tell it was pretty bad you're listening to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids network today we're talking about daddy's home Two, coco the star and wonder right now i'm talking with arjun about justice league so let's continue this interview so if i'm a dc fan who's really into dc comics but I was disappointed with Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. What? How would you try to convince me to see this film? Well, I think that those fans are anyways going to see this film, but I think that they won't be disappointed by the movies because one thing was is that a lot of people were disappointed in how those movies, they just didn't do the characters justice. But I feel like this movie, it for the most part does the characters justice. It sets up um, all the individual films for Aquaman, Cyborg, and of course the Flash um, well. And I really like that. And I think just, you know, every character has a unique personality that people who are individual fans of, say, Batman and Wonder Woman or, like, any of the individual characters are going to be really satisfied by the movie. But, of course, if you come in expecting a really good plot or, like, an outstanding plot, yeah, you might want to watch another movie. Do you think the cast portrayed their respective characters well as a whole? I think the cast did an excellent job here. That was one of my biggest main positives. Of course, Ben Affleck is... Batman or Bruce Wayne. He was one of those things I really, really liked about Batman versus Superman. And of course, um, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. 
she really solidified her role in Wonder Woman, and this movie continues to show why why she is like basically the Wonder Woman. Like I cannot see anyone else playing Wonder Woman after Gal after Gal Gadot's amazing portrayal as Wonder Woman, and Ezra Miller, who I mentioned was the standout, um, just because I just really liked his fresh portrayal on this you know version of the Flash, the Barry Allen of the DC Extended Universe, and I really liked it. It like I think you know why I, I would say I like Grant Gustin's Flash more. I still really like Ezra Miller's Flash, and I'm looking forward to his standalone movie the most out of all of the crew. And of course, Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Well, I think that he really did suffer from not having enough character development. He was really off and on. He was really serious at times, then he was unexpected, unexpectedly became like the comic relief in many parts. But I'm still looking forward to his movie. I think it's going to be a solid installment, but I did not like how the movie gave him little time. And this is, of course, I think the movie could have had a little bit more of a longer runtime to flesh out some of these characters. And surprisingly, Ray Fisher as Cyborg. I was not really excited for Cyborg when coming into this movie, but he is a huge part of the movie. I think they really characterize him well. And, you know, he he has a more dark, brooding persona, but he learns to, you know, come to terms with his powers as the movie progresses. And I and I really liked his, you know, subplot in this movie. And I'm really looking forward to his movie as well. Now, I think that Sierra and Hens as Steppenwolf, I think when he was on screen, he did a decent, he did a really good job with portraying, you know, the the menacing threat that this character has on Earth. But the problem is, is that because of this movie's short runtime, it could have done with the longer runtime. And I could tell that there was a lot of scenes that are cut out just because of the WB mandate that he just didn't have enough characterization, like enough, like if they had spent a little bit longer with this backstory and explaining like what it was, then I think he would have been a much better character and would have been a much better villain. But I think the, the actor's portrayal of the villain, he was good with what he was given. I yeah I ha- I'm really excited to see the future DC films and despite all its flaws I think Justice League succeeds in getting fans excited to see what's in the future for the cinematic universe. Did you find yourself getting confused or lost during the film with all that was going on? In some parts, yes, the plot goes all over the place, but I you know I'm an avid comic book re- reader and I look into like you know. I, like, I'm huge with the comic books, so, like, I, I understood, like, a lot of what was going on, so I think that does put me at an unfair advantage compared to, like, maybe the rest of the, like, you know, movie audience who are going to watch this movie, so, like, I did understand most, but generally some of the plot was just really shaky and dodgy. Characters do things out, out of nowhere unexpectedly. A person might be put in a subplot and then just cut off randomly for, like, no reason, like, like just uh, basically, like, not a good resolution for a lot of the subplots. Uh, I do think that at some points it was a little confusing just because of, like, the way the plot moved, and I think that's the worst thing about this movie. It's the plot. Now, superhero films don't usually have a lesson that you take away from them, but there are remnants of one here. What do you think the lesson of this film is? I think this movie has a good lesson which could appeal to, like, many people that... You know, we've we've got to come to terms with our mistakes that we've made. Like Batman, you know, he blames himself for the death of Superman or even Wonder Woman's character who blames herself for the death of Steve Trevor. And, you know, they have to learn as the movie, like, progresses to, like, come to terms with, like, that, like, it's not their fault. Like, there there's nothing they could have done about it. Or, like, even if it was, it was what the characters would have wanted. So they there's a good lesson in coming to terms with things that have happened. What age rating would you give this film? I would give this film a 10 to 18. It's definitely a lot lighter than some of the other DC Extended Universe movies. Just, you know, mainly because this is a team up. We want to get all excited. We don't want any, like, dark, like, themes and all of that coming around in the movie. We just want a fun team up. So I think it's definitely appropriate for 10 to 18. But I would put it at 10 to 18 because there was some intense action and, of course, some brief language here and there. What star rating would you give this film? I would give this a four out of five stars just because I really liked how they nailed the team dynamic. And I think that in general, this will be very entertaining for the movie audience to watch. So, you know, I, I, I in general really liked the movie. I, I didn't feel disappointed by it in any way because, you know, I've seen what that there are many blunders of the DC extended universe, but I think it's starting to find its place. And with these, uh, the promise of these uh, later movies coming out, and of course, with the success of Wonder Woman and this and this movie. 
Well, thank you for talking with me today about Justice League, which is in theaters now. I think Arjun and I both agree that this film is very fun and nails the team dynamic, but be warned, the plot is not perfect. Let's take a break. I'm Ben P, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by the double feature, The Snowman and The Snowman and The Snow Dog. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hello and welcome back to the program kids first coming attractions i'm your host keeper blakesley and we just got done talking about justice league with benjamin hosting for the first time he did a wonderful job we're going to continue the show talking about coco daddy's home too the star and wonder Right now, we're going to be talking to Ryan from The Big Apple, who is 13 years old, about Daddy's Home 2. Thank you much, Ryan, for being on the show. So first off, let's talk about the first Daddy's Home, since this is the sequel. Have you seen it? I did see the first Daddy's Home. It was like one of the first red carpets I actually covered. Well, look at that. And now you're here seeing Daddy's Home 2. So look at that circle of life right there. What did you think about this film, and is it hold up to the first one? I have to say, it actually does, because after the first film, it kind of skips over and introduces the new stepdad, which I'm not going to say who plays, like, the stepdad in a way, because at the end, it's kind of like the story takes all over again. It happens over. So I'm not going to say who the new father is, but it's interesting to show uh, what happens after the first daddy's home. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it is very... It's more funnier than the first one, I have to say, because there's one scene in which I won't spoil a lot, but it was really funny when there's disaster everywhere. Well, I, I remember I saw a trailer for this film. I thought, my goodness, they got John Lithgow, Mel Gibson. They got some really pretty hilarious people in it. And it, it looks pretty funny, especially for the up-and-coming holiday season. So uh, did you feel like this film was funnier than the first one? Yeah, it was very funny, and I, it was more funnier than the first one because there was more funny action scenes, and there was more comedy with the with John Lithgow, Mel Gibson. They're a really good addition to the film. Wonderful. Now, uh, what would you say is your favorite character in this film? My favorite character is... Kurt, who is played by Mel Gibson, because he, he had like more of a serious but funny tone, and it was interesting to see how Don, who's played by John Lithgow, he's more the opposite. He was like more loving and friendly, and then Brad's dad, who was Kurt, he was more serious and like kind of like getting the kids in trouble in a way by kind of being a bad influence, and it was just seeing that cool dynamic, and I really liked Mel Gibson's character a lot for that reason. Yeah, Mel Gibson looks hilarious in this film as, as well as John Lithgow. John Lithgow is just such a teddy bear. 
I just want to give him a little hug. He's just so adorable, and he just seems so funny in this film. Now, uh, what would you say is the message that this film teaches people? The message in this film is basically that to you have to, like, that family is really important because in the film, you see how Dusty's dad and how Kurt and Dusty have a very different relationship to Brad and his dad, Don. And it's interesting to see that how you need to come as a family together to, to like, bond more. And this film shows how some problems are fixed and some aren't. Mm-hmm. This is like a heartwarming message for a very heartwarming time of the year. Uh, so what would you say made the comedy unique in this film? What made the comedy unique is that at least in one scene, each character had a funny moment, especially for the kids, because I'm not going to spoil too much in this scene, but one of the kids gets like a little challenge. And at first the mom is like, you can't do this. But then someone says something to the child, which gets the mom upset. So the mom is like, she's going to do this. And it's really funny to see what this kid's going to do at such a young age. And it's kind of funny. I'm not going to say what it is because it's just going to spoil the whole thing. And you guys should see and find out. Well, definitely no spoilers. We don't want any of that. So do you feel like this? What what about this film makes it good for the holiday season? Because they do advertise it as a very, like, Oh, laughter for the whole family for for the the holiday season. This movie takes place around Christmas time. I wish the movie kind of came after Thanksgiving because it's not really the right time to release this type of movie. But this movie kind of uh, imp- talks about the holidays because they talk about a together Christmas when they want both families, Dusty and Brad, to be in celebrating Christmas with the whole family because how they would usually have Christmas that the children be at Brad's house and then Dusty's house. And one of the children expressed that they don't want to be split up. And it's interesting to show how this family comes together. Well, wonderful. How many stars would you give this film? And what is the age recommendation? I overall give this film a five out of five stars because everyone should watch this film over the, over the holidays and it's a perfect holiday film. And I have to say that the age range is 9 to 18. And I think adults will enjoy this as well. Because Mel Gibson kind of makes it feel like it's for all ages. Because his humor is for mostly adults and not for like kids. Because kids will understand. Understood. So it was a bit more vocal comedy. Well, that's good to know. Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for talking about Daddy's Home too. Well, thank you for having me. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show was sponsored by the double feature of The Snowman and Snowman and the Snow Dog. We're going to continue the show talking to the wonderful Abraham from San Francisco, who was 12 years old, talking about the new Pixar Disney film, Coco. So, talk, tell us a little bit about what you thought about this film. I thought it was really good for a Pixar movie. I personally thought that Inside Out wasn't the best Pixar movie. It, it is a Pixar movie, so it's, it was good, but Coco had more coming to it than Inside Out or any previous Pixar movie. Well, I do want to get one thing out of the way, because this, this film has been compared a lot to The Book of Life, which was another film that came out by uh, Guillermo del Toro. So... What makes this, and of course the directors and of that film have outspoken saying like Coco has nothing to do with the Book of Life. So what makes Coco different from other animated films? Coco is different from other animated films because it's about the Day of the Dead and I don't think many movies are about the Day of the Dead because most movies in that season are about like horror movies or Halloween movies because it is the October or spooky season I guess you'd call it or after that it'd be like Christmas movies so it, it kind of not much movies are I guess about the Day of the Dead or Dia de los Muertos 
mm-hmm. which I thought was really good and was a different take, especially for Disney and Pixar. It is definitely a different take, and it looks, of course, Pixar can never go wrong because with least the animation because it looks absolutely spectacular. So tell us about what you think of the animation. I thought the animation was really good, and it 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 kind of does look like the Book of Life, which I do understand, but not as, I guess, toyish, if you know what I mean. If you see the Book of Life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, because they're wooden figures. Mm-hmm. And definitely because, like, Jorge Gutierrez has a very unique and different animation style than, of course, Pixar animation. So when people compare it to that, I understand why they make the comparison, but it, it it's unique enough. And it definitely has its own atmosphere to it that were, that people should just quit comparing it to that because there are two different movies with story, two different stories. So tell us a little bit about the, well, the story itself and without, of course, giving any spoilers and what you thought of it. The story was decent for, I mean, it was good for a kid's movie, but it was decent for a story overall, I thought. Mm-hmm. Can you elaborate without giving too much away? And what you liked and disliked about the plot? The the story was about Miguel, an aspiring musician, who can't be a musician because his parents or his whole family wouldn't allow it because an ancestor of theirs left them as um, when they were, the child was very young. So they banned music in their whole family, but he still wants to be a musician really badly. Very interesting. So... Now, what would you say is your favorite character in this film? My favorite character was kind of a supporting character, Dante, who was a dog, which who thought was kind of the comic relief. Because he acted really, he acted like super funny and was following Miguel all the like, around and was following him all around like the land of the dead as well. Sounds like Pixar always does come up with some of the most colorful and like unique characters. So it's great to see that it's they're still continuing with that. Now, what did you th- what do you think about this film? Uh, because this film is also a musical as well. So what did you think about the songs in it? I think the songs weren't the best Disney songs, but they were good because Disney always comes up with very creative and entertaining songs, I feel like. Such as Moana, which had probably the best songs in any Disney movie, I felt like. Well, of course. Well, but did at least the songs, of course, further the plot and, like, enhance the emotions of the characters? Yeah, I felt like there were... There were a good... Songs are always a good way to bridge uh, the story to go further a bit quicker and more entertaining. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Abraham, we're talking about Coco. Oh, and before we leave, can you give us how many stars would you give this film? Any age recommendation? I would give it four out of five stars. And the age recommendation I would give it is six to 18. But adults will enjoy it as well if they are big Disney fans. Well, I am a huge Pixar fan, and I just can't wait to go check out this film. So thank you so much, Abraham, for talking about it. This film is in theaters now, so please go check it out. With that said, let's take a break. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the double feature of The Snowman and The Snowman and The Snow Dog. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? 
Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hello and welcome back to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesling. We just got done talking about Coco and Daddy's Home 2. And we're going to end the show with our host star, Benjamin, who's been doing a great job hosting for the first time. We're going to be talking about the films Coco and Wonder. So, um, Benjamin, we're going to start with the film Coco. And as Abraham just finished saying, that he loved the film and the animation was beautiful. What do you have to say about the film? Coco is a film about the uh, the Day of the Dead that will truly lift your spirits. Wonderful. Well, so, so I'm guessing you agree with Abraham that you really enjoyed the film as well. Yeah, I really did. It's this tale of music and family that's really a gold standard for what Pixar is doing now. Now, Abraham did say that he, while he loved the film and he thought it was good, he said it was decent. Now, do you feel like, do you agree with them on that statement? The film does have its flaws, considering there's another movie about the same holiday mm-hmm. called The Book of Life, which is yes. an excellent film, and it's been compared to it several times. And while it is a bit like that, they're about different things and and have it embody different things about the holiday. I feel Book of Life was much more fantastical and about like mythology and stuff mm-hmm. and this one's much more about the core idea of family and i agree with yes. abraham that it's not perfect but pretty good for pixar at this point is really good well uh, pixar always does some great work now tell us about what you thought about the musical element in this film i thought the songs were well placed in the fact that they weren't trying to to they didn't intrude on the film's narrative and they went well alongside it and i gotta say some of the songs are pretty catchy i saw it a week ago yet yeah, a week ago and i still got one of the songs stuck in my head so i think they accomplished what they wanted to do wonderful well i can't wait to listen to the music because disney also every time there's a disney film once the music comes out, I, I just, I can't get rid of it. I'm still trying to get over the Moana soundtrack. I'm not over it yet. So great. Now I have Coco to worry about. So um, what did you feel about the message in this film? Because as you mentioned that this film has been compared to Book of Life, but they are talking about two different elements and two different, two different themes and messages. So what does this film teach us? It teaches you to follow your dreams, but that family is more important than anything. Miguel, he his love for music soon outweighs his respect, or not his his respect and love for his family. But he has to remember how sacred a thing family is to um, solve the conflict of this film. A very good lesson, for, especially for ki- for kids. Now, what would you say is your favorite part in the film? Without giving away spoilers, of course. Well, my favorite part is the spoilery part. Because Pixar films are usually smooth sailing. You know they're going to make you cry. You know that they'll probably have a good story. And there'll be some good characters there. But this film takes a sharp twist. And it actually enjoyed how twisty and turny it is. And it starts out with one thing and then turns into something else well i'm glad that oh pixar always jump pins and needles and always knows which buttons to press that make you cry make you laugh make you feel all warm and just just warm inside so how would or what would you say is the age recommendation for this film and how many stars would you give it i'm gonna give it an age rating of 8 to 18 because it is a little dark since it's about death and the twist is a little dark in nature, 
in its tone. So, yeah, I think for little, little kids, they could be a little just sort of scared by this whole dead or spirits. Understood. And how, what would you say is the, how many stars would you give it? I'm going to give it four and a half because I already, I already knew I was going to enjoy this film, but it surpassed my expectations and is probably the best animated film I've seen so far this year. Wow, that's a big statement, especially since it's been a pretty strong year for animation. Well, I can't wait to go check it out. Thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about Coco. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley, and this show is sponsored by the double feature, The Snowman and The Snowman and The Snow Dog. We're going to continue talking to the wonderful Benjamin about about this new film called Wonder. So, uh, Benjamin, tell us a little bit about Wonder. Wonder is based on a popular novel by R.G. Palacio and follows Augie Pullman, a boy with a cranial facial disorder. His mom enrolls him at a nearby school for the fifth grade, and hesitant but confident, he enters the grade and makes friends, is struggling to make friends, while also encountering his first share of bullies. And it's sort of about how he deals that, deals with that, and how his bright, per, bright and kind personality sort of wins the people over and makes them care much less about what he looks like, but what kind of person he is. Now, i got to say, it's been a great time for child actors. This is starring Jacob Tremblay, who's just doing a lot of stuff. His career is soaring. we got uh, many of the Stranger, of course, Stranger Things, uh, the movie Monster Calls, and it just so, it's just a great like time for child actors. They're just giving such great materials. And it shows, this movie's also starring Julia Roberts, who I love, and Owen Wilson. So it's, it's, it's got a great star-studded cast, and... Tell us people about Jacob Tremblay and his portrayal in this film. He manages, he shows a lot of emotion in his other performances, and he does that here. He said he did a good job of representing the more softer sides of Augie Pullman as a character from the novel. And he also is funny at the same time. And he has this, he has a surprising amount of charisma for a 10-year-old and really is a good leading act, leading child actor because he keeps your attention. Well, Jacob Tremblay, uh, from what I've seen from his other previous work, I mean, he's able to act alongside such actors like Julia Roberts and still be able to like to collaborate and work with these big name actors. That's that's talent right there. So that's very exciting to see that him being able to hold his ground as an actor with the along with other such veteran actors. So um, this film seems like a very adorable, warm, coming-of-age film. So what would you say, who would you recommend this film to? I would recommend it for, um, I'd say, from ages 6 to 18, because there are some scenes of characters in peril. It's been marketed as that warm, soft, fuzzy film, and it is that, and it's for families, but it also has to deal with some of the harder issues portrayed in the novel, too. Augie is bullied. And that's not, it's not incredibly hard to watch on screen, but it could be difficult for younger children. And I just, just recommend it for all families to go see it this holiday season, because it really is just an excellent film. Now, what would you say is the best quality of this film? The script. It translates the spirit of the novel and the way it was written very well to the screen, and much better than, much better than I hoped. This is one of my favorite novels, and I was just so happy to see it them not mess it up mm-hmm. and maintain the raw emotion that was present in um, Archie Palacio's novel. It's great when we have uh, a film that is able to adapt such a very beloved story like that into onto the big screen and be able to have a smooth transition. Now, what would you say about the other actors, as I mentioned before, besides Jacob Tremblay, who, of course, is leading this film? Um, what do you think of the other, their chem- his chemistry with the other actors? They interact with each other like a real family. It's particularly he and his sister. I liked their dynamic where it's like they both really care about each other. But there are moments where they're sort of just, it, wouldn't, it was like minor little bickering that I kind of enjoyed that was added in there. And, he, and the parents interact with each other normally and interact with the children as well. I thought 
as a whole, the cast does a really good job. Owen Wilson is was very well cast. He's sort of the perfect embodiment of a, I guess, a father on screen in general. And Julia Roberts has this sort of vigor that she brings to her character that I really like and you can tell that she really she really makes you believe that she cares about Augie a lot well I just I it's great because I love these I just love films that be able just to just push the right buttons just to make you just feel just all oh, just feel that warmth in it especially since we're coming up to this holiday season there's just you need those films just to make you feel happy and it's a, it just seems like a great film for the whole family so uh, how many stars would you give it this film. Um, I'm going to give it four. Um, I really enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it to families to go see. I think it's a great film to go see this holiday season. Like you said, it's warm and fuzzy, and I think the kids will enjoy it as well because it's also the emotion is nicely balanced with a good amount of humor, too. Great script with amazing actors. Sounds like a recipe for a fantastic film. Well, thank you so much, Benjamin, for talking about Wonder. It's been a pleasure, and great job hosting today. Thank you. It was his first time hosting today, everybody, so he did a fantastic job. Well, thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Keeper Blakesley. To check out our latest film reviews on the latest DVD releases and films, go to our website, www.kidsfirst.org. Also, check out our YouTube page on Kids First to check out our latest videos and red carpet and press junket coverage. Also, go check out our blogs we write. We write films. We write about films and the entertainment business. And so please go check them out because we really work hard on that. Now, since Thanksgiving is over, it is now the holiday season, the most wonderful time of the year, which means I have a lot of films to go check out. So many films are coming out, so I know I'm going to be doing this holiday season. With that said, thank you so much for listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This show is sponsored by Double Feature of The Snowman, The Snowman, and The Snow Dog. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.